Kia ora, you're listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. Uh, I'm your host for today, Compass, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm joined here today by... Jay, you go first. <laughs> go, Jay. Okay. Uh, kia ora, ko Jay aho. I use they, them pronouns, and uh, no Ngati Apa, me Ngati Hauati aho. I'm from Ngati Apa and Ngati Hauati. Oh, wee. Kia ora. <laughs> uh, kia ora, ko Brittany Toku Ikua. Uh, I use they, them pronouns, um, or just anything not rude, to be fair. Uh, and I am predominantly from Ngaitahu. I saw the dialect in there and I was very impressed. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're here today just to talk, because we've got our Dave's Silence coming up um, on the 16th, the 14th, one of those dates. I feel like I should always double check these things, because I, <laughs> like, I sit down and I'm like, I don't actually know when this thing is happening, so I just make a wild guess. But basically what Dave Silence is, is it's just sort of like um, we put posters up and we have people like, um, you know, participate in competitions and that sort of thing of like... Compass, what is Dave Silence? Uh, yeah, it's just a cool thing to just like highlight how um, marginalised, especially rainbow voices are. Uh, so you'll see some of our fun posters around that say like challenge biphobia, challenge homophobia and challenge transphobia. We also have cool t-shirts with those on them if you want one of those. So you can $25. go... $25. $25. You can go to our website and grab one of those. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring Jay and Britt on today to talk about like um, takatapui voices and how marginalised Maori rainbow voices are and Brett's just shown me that it's on Friday the 16th of August day of silence I'm a mess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'll I guess I'll hand it over to you just talk about like you know what does being takatapui mean to you I guess that's a great place to start I suppose okay after you uh I think for me uh takatapui kind of defines not o- only my identity but um, more kind of accurately defines me as a person. Um, often when I was growing up like I'd say oh you know I think I might be bi or I think I might be pan or like I don't know how I identify and all that kind of thing and any identity that I kind of thought fitted me didn't you know like nothing felt right um and then this wondrous tikatapui uh kind of just felt like the most validating thing ever um because it was able to kind of acknowledge the intersectionality of any of my identities but um yeah especially the fact that it doesn't need like that western definition like tikatapui just means that you can be whatever you want you know so yeah Yeah, um, I have a really similar experience. I kind of um, grew up kind of vaguely aware of the fact that, yeah, I am Māori, but Mm. grew up urban Māori, so not really super connected um, to my whakapapa until my koro passed away kind of when I was about 11. Um, And then his tangi was where I really experienced that side of my heritage for the first time. Um, And then I kind of immediately felt quite connected to it Mm. um and later on when I was kind of like a teenager and finding myself TM (laughs) um you know I kind of started out with a lot of western labels and always still felt kind of like weird and uncomfortable because I didn't really um 
I could see these parts of myself that didn't seem to be able to fit together in a cohesive way at all because of like colonialism and then also homophobia, biphobia, transphobia in our society. Um, and I just found it really hard to reconcile that. Um, so it wasn't until I was kind of maybe, I think, 18 um, when I saw Elizabeth Kitakita, who's mm-hmm. wonderful. Talk I will constantly point. gush about her. <laughs> um, I saw her speak at um, Inside Out's annual um, Youth Hui Shift mm-hmm. um, in 2016. And, um, yeah, she basically was just like, if you are Māori and you are part of the rainbow community, this word is for you. And even then, I was still really scared of, yeah. like, I was like, is this actually for me, though? Even though I'm both of those things, is it really for me? Yeah. Is that okay? Um, but once I kind of did accept that, oh, yeah, that's who I am and that lets me encompass, like, especially the really complicated feelings that you have about your culture and your identity after, you know, living in a post, it's not post, but, you know, yeah. colonial society. <laughs> um, yeah, that was really me figuring out who I am. Yo, it was after <laughs> a shift, um, hooey, that I pulled Elizabeth aside mm. and I said, like, am I Māori enough? And now that I think about it, I'm like, that is the most disgusting sentence ever mm. because it's, we're saying the C word quite a lot and I apologise for that, but it's because of colonisation um, <laughs> that... We, you know, so often think there's something about being Māori enough. Mm. Like, being Māori is enough. Being whatever you want to be is enough, you know. like. Um, and she kind of looked at me like, obviously, <laughs> yeah. And so then I just, like, bawled my eyes out in her arms for, like, mm. ten minutes because I was just like, this just so fits. Yeah. It was crazy. So that's so cool that that's where you kind yeah. of like found that. That's so sweet. I think it's really interesting, but also horrible how mm. this kind of this lingering idea of like, I mean, a lot of people, if you're like, oh yeah, I'm Māori, they'll be like, oh cool, what what, what percentage? percentage? Are you like a 16th? Are you a quarter? Are yeah. you like, and then the jokes of, oh, I'm 132nd Māori yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's wild to me that that, like rhetoric still continues in our country despite the fact that we haven't had a blood quantum since the 80s and even then that was just like to see if you qualified to be on the Māori electorate or not to vote and then they got rid of it because they were like this is crazy actually why are we you know why why are we putting this out there into the world because it's not accurate and it's wrong Um, but people still subscribe to it so heavily it's just like that entrenched institutionalized racism that's still around Mm, very much so yeah and I think it's really hard because a lot of the time um in my experience definitely there's a lot of Maori people who are some of the ones saying that as Mm. well like not not always but you know the thought like the influence of um you know the influence that colonization has had on those people that then means that they think that way or um, think it's okay to ask those kinds of questions and that sort of thing, which sucks. Yeah. 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 That was a, that was very like <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot. But it's just like, <laughs> it's been like five minutes. minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like we've just started and we're already like going for it. Yeah. Um. 
And I mean, like with Day of Silence, it is sort of talking about like the marginalization of language and that sort of thing. And I mean, you talked about it a little bit of like saying, like, am I Maori enough to like claim this label for myself? Is that something that you found in like other sectors as well of being like, oh, this is like, I'm not Maori enough for this or where people have taken away the language that you've used for yourself, that sort mm. of thing? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it got too deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a question that totally makes sense to ask as well. Um, I think, yeah, I think obviously it's really sad to see that a lot of Māori are quite unconsciously impacted by those institutional influences or um, colonisation or anything like that. But there's also spaces where obviously we have diverse cultures and tōiwi who may not use that kupu or, um, you know, may not understand it or whatever it is. Um, I remember in one of my previous jobs where um, I had a Māori, um, like a tiriō sign-off on my emails um, and the head of the company um, actually emailed me and said, like, we need you to take that off, like, you know, and... um, Part of what I was meant to be doing in that role was teaching others to do Māori, um, and yeah, those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, there's... what could possibly be the logic of hey, come in and teach our staff to do Māori, but you're not allowed to use it in your emails? Yeah, what did it, like out of curiosity, what did the signature say even? Like uh, in English, it said pretty much like. A longer version of Ngamahi, you know, like best wishes. I think it might have said signing off with love or something like that. Wow. So it was like, it wasn't even anything too atrocious, you know? Mm. But yeah, so I mean, there are spaces where you can and can't, or can and are discouraged to mm. use um, te reo Māori or um, any other language terms even, you know, like we think about all the terms that we have within the, like, the rainbow community and that mm. kind of thing as well. Like um, one thing I do notice quite often is that not a lot of te reo Māori is used within the rainbow community yeah. um, and that is slowly starting to change but still really slowly um, and I think using more terms within our community you know like we've got all of these different terms that so many people can identify with but yet Māori is very rarely Mm. one of those terms that's Mm. recognized Mm. yeah yeah and I also feel like um I mean one of the things that we talk about is that you know people are coming up with new terms every day because Mm. they find communities and um, share their experiences and can kind of like come together and go, oh, wow, we, you know, have experienced the same thing. We feel the same thing. Mm. Um, so here's this word for it. But um, it's so funny to me how often I'm in these situations where I'm hearing like, oh, here's this new like Western label that, mm. you know, someone invented on the internet five minutes ago. <laughs> but I'm like, cool, let's talk about Takatapui. Yeah. And everyone, everyone is always like, I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. Or you get like the pukana eyes. Like, yeah, like what are you talking what? about? Why would you bring that up here? Like, yeah. you know? Um, and it's so, it's so interesting to me as well, like how, you know, we claim to be, well, 
I think personally that we can't claim to be a multi- I'm like getting my yeah. <laughs> my opinions out. Um, I think we can't t- claim to be a multicultural society until mm. we first acknowledge that we are bicultural under the treaty. Yeah. And people tend to get very up in arms when you bring up that point, as in, hey, Tangata Whenua should be acknowledged first and foremost mm-hmm. before anyone else because yeah. we are treaty partners. Yeah. Um, and it's so wild to me that there's so much like awareness about oh, every little minutiae that's happening on the internet now, um, but still so much invis- invisibility around being a Takatapui, even, like, the level of discomfort when you say, I am Takatapui, and mm. you can see the silent question in someone's eyes of, yeah. okay, what does that mean in English? Yeah. I need to define you in terms that I'm comfortable oh, with. So I've had that so yeah. much. And yeah. so often I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm Takatapui, but here's the Western labels I'd use yeah. or whatever, yeah. just because people can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like, Takatapu is often used as, like, both a sexuality and mm. a gender yeah. sort of identifier. And I feel like within, like, our Western label system, we're just like, here's, you know, sexuality and mm. gender. And, like, those two things can't interact. And, like, you have to have really specific labels for every single different mm. thing. Yeah. Whereas this is, like, it's very historical and it's very, like, mm. yeah. I think the other um, the other hard thing is as well is that for people to um, be able to make sense of things in life, whether that's sexuality, gender, sex, whatever, um, you need to be able to fit in a box, mm-hmm. you know, that they need to be able to categorise you to make sense of whatever thing you're teaching them, whether that's you're teaching them math and, okay, it fits in the box of algebra or calculus, Mm. or whether it's fitting in a box of, okay, you're bi or you're gay Mm. or you're whatever, any other gender, and sexuality and, you know, anything like that. But the second you say something like takatapui that doesn't have that box to fit into, um, it's kind of like, well how do you belong? Like, where, where, where do I put you, you know? Mm. Like, what box can I put you under? Um, because for me, like, takatapui means not only my sexuality and my gender, but it also acknowledges the fact that I'm intersex. So mm. um, it it's literally all, all kind of three of those diversities, um, as well as the cultural element and, you know, those sorts of things as well. So, yeah, it, it's confusing. So Yeah. And I feel like there's still, even just around, but by like anything else in terms of diversity, mm. there's still such like fear around, you know, you say, cool, I'm Māori. And people just get this look on their face. Mm. Like, I don't know how to handle that. Mm. I don't know how to interact with you as someone who's Māori. Um, and especially like, you know, in a lot of these spaces, I feel people tend to be very, what's the word? Timid. Mm. around interacting with anything that's kind of outside of their realm of normal. And yeah. I feel like also um, the second that you are like, I am Māori, that's in a separate whole, it's like, why he care? Complete other world. No one wants to touch that mm. because it's so out, completely outside of their frame of reference for anything. Um, and I think people are very scared of messing up. Yeah. Um, and I think they get they get so scared that they don't try because they don't want to disrespect or they don't want to be embarrassed or whatever it is. And then it means that it's just reinforcing all of Mm. that negativity. Um, I'd rather someone come up to me and totally mess up and Mm. 
we can talk about the messing up and have a laugh about it or um, encourage them to keep trying or anything like that than to just come up to me and not sort of mm. respect who I am, you know? Mm. Yeah. And do you think like that like lack of education comes from a place of like there aren't like a whole heap of resources out there or it's like within the rainbow community that's just like a discussion that we don't have of like these like um, other cultures and what that means when you are a rainbow person like where do you think that you know lack of education comes from if you have any theories or your eyes for it you look terrified <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more it could oh there's so many things that you could talk about mm. um there are a lot of mainstream tereo or Māori education um, resources there's not particularly anything or the, okay so there are certain things about tikatapui obviously like We've got all of the amazing resources from Elizabeth mm. Kirikiri. Um, but we don't have a range of stuff, you yeah. know? Like it, And the story of Tikatapui is still, you like very much have to actively look for it online yeah. or um, specifically ask your komatua or, you know, whatever that um, might look like. But, yeah, I think when it comes to, like, that specific rainbow stuff we kind of keep the two separate, mm. you know? Like, we have our generic rainbow advertising and then we'll have, like, a specific Māori post on Facebook yeah. or, you know, there's kind of... They're never intersecting. They're always two very different things, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, for example, I am um, involved... You know, I, I studied Te Reo Māori and I tutored Te Reo Māori um, and... At university, like, I am involved in Afina, which is, you know, the, the help group specifically for Māori. And that space is, like, obviously fantastic. And then I have my rainbow spaces, but they're, mm. so, like, the, in the Venn diagram, those circles do not touch. Yeah. Um, and then I have a couple of friends who also identify as Takatapui, who I'll see, like, mostly outside of both of those spaces. Um because there's, you know, there's still discomfort in a lot of Māori spaces as well around mm. you being, hey, um, you know, actually this is something that's always existed in our culture and this is who I am. And because, again, colonialism, sorry for the <laughs> C word, um, you know, people get brought up on this and yeah. think that it's normal um, and just, you know, they just don't know that it was part of our culture. So there's a lot of discomfort around both circles about, you know, that intersection in particular. Mm. Um, and I think in particularly in the rainbow circles, um, I think, I don't think it's necessarily from a place of like, you know, um, ill intent. It's mm. just ignorance. And it's kind of the same with, you know, all Toewi in our society being very um, hesitant to admit that they can and do and must mm. have internal prejudices and biases because mm. we've grown up with institutional racism in our society. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, also people tend to forget intersectionality is a thing that does exist and do the whole... It's like when you have people who are like, oh, for example, I am a cis gay man, so I can't be sexist because I experience <laughs> yes. homophobia. And it's like, no, you can... You know, just because you're oppressed doesn't mean you can't be someone else's oppressor and yeah. you need to constantly be aware of 
what sort of space on a t-shirt oh (laughs) we're gonna make t-shirts just because you're oppressed doesn't mean you can't be somebody else's (laughs) (sighs) um good content here today it's just it it frustrates me a lot because it's like well obviously you know how you know xyz you know oppression Mm -hmm. affects you and you know that it sucks so why would you not try and be self-aware of the ways that you might be, you know, reinforcing mm. and perpetuating mm. harmful ideas and, and you know, yeah. prejudices? And I feel yeah. like that does come from a space of, like, when you're part of a minority, like, a lot of the time you just get, like, absorbed by mm. the fact mm. that, like, there are people out there that, like, you know, are oppressing you and you don't think about, like, oh, I could be the person that's doing that to someone else. Mm. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's something that, like we're sort of trying to overcome mm. with like becoming more intersectional and people actually thinking about it but I think we have a long way to go of people actually being able to admit to themselves that like oh I like might not have this privilege but I have like this privilege and this privilege yep. and that sort of thing and I think it does come from a space of like we need to start having conversations about this and feeling open enough to be like I have grown up in this society with these mm. biases yeah yeah and I mean I feel like I mean obviously like especially I volunteer a huge amount with Inside Out and so like and I'm the chairperson of Inside Out so um I spend a lot of time being an educator and it's kind of, it's just ironic and funny to me how you know you can be in a lot of these spaces and people will be like oh yeah cool you know preaching about if you accidentally misgender someone that's cool um acknowledge it apologize move on and try to be better but then the second you're like oh cool that's exactly the same about stuff with racism or like you know just being ignorant or saying something that's Mm -hmm. not okay people get so weird and it's like you already know how to do this you're telling other people about it five minutes ago Mm -hmm. but now because it's a thing about culture and race you're being so uncomfortable yeah yeah i actually like i grow like I'm, like, an immigrant, like, I'm from Europe, so, like, my family is all, like, so, like, white, so very, (laughs) and I think it's, like, it is that sort of thing of, like, getting really defensive about, like, uh, no, I'm not a racist because I, like, have one black friend, like, (laughs) like, it is that sort of thing, and I think it's, I have, like, I have this jacket that, um, and it has this badge on it that says, fuck white supremacy yeah the amount of like white people that i like come up to me and like i thought that said fuck white people and i was just like so like i can't believe this and on the elevator up here like there was somebody in the elevator that read my badge and was just like oh i guess i should get off the elevator then and i was like what are you are you a white supremacist yeah are you a white supremacist get off the elevator (laughs) please just leave and i feel like it is sort of like yeah like Especially, I feel like it's it does come from that place of like white superiority of mm. like there's yeah. like we think we know better than everyone else, so there's we can't be a wrong. Really, really great article that I recommend to everyone. Oh, actually, I think it's maybe the first chapter of her book. Um, it's called White Fragility, mm. and it's by Robin D'Angelo. It's so. Have you read it? I've it's, read parts of it. It's very yeah. good. It basically talks about this idea that because of institutional racism. Because white people are the majority, mm. um, they have inc- very, very, very low thresholds for any sort of racialized stress. Mm. Um, which you know, if you are a minority in Aotearoa, New Zealand, you will have a thicker skin because mm. you experience that stuff all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and yeah, 
she has kind of a list of oh examples for you know racialized stress include and one of them which was so good I read it and I was like oh I love this song um was that um if another white person won't support you in um like something ignorant that you've said or Mm. being you know ignorant saying something racist and that it violates the assumption of white camaraderie and brotherhood in that space which I think is so fascinating because it's not like it's something that people will go out of their way to be like oh I'm assuming that all white people are going to back me up and Mm. be like on my side um when it comes to these sorts of things but then you see people's reactions when you know stuff like compass Mm. mentioned happens and they're so taken aback like how could a white person ever critique another white person Mm. it's only you know non-white people that can point out racism and even then I'm not going to listen to them yeah. So it's just like, what? Yeah. yeah, and I think the other thing is as well is like I'm a white Maori, mm. but I can also sit back and sort of say I've got white privilege, mm. you know, like I'm still Maori and I'm still valid, but I'm also white, like you yeah. know. So um, I'm also I always say that I'm a walking irony because mm. I'm uh, my mum is from England. And so I always say that I'm just walking colonialism. Yeah. Um, which most, like, a lot of Māori yeah. are anyway. Um, but mm. I think the other important thing to acknowledge, too, is that um, being Māori doesn't automatically mean you understand takatāpui. Yeah. It doesn't immediately mean that you're not racist. It mm. doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you this sort of wonderful, incredible person, even though I'm sure you are, but <laughs> we, all, we all have yeah. flaws is basically what I mean, right? Like mm. we um, all have things that we could change. And just because we're here mm. talking about takatāpui and being Māori um, or being an ally or whatever we're doing, it doesn't mean that we haven't been that person at some point either like Mm. you can still be the oppressor of yourself yeah Yeah. you know like you you can still have racist comments or you know like it's all about indigenizing our spaces but also being more self-aware of how to indigenize ourselves and unlearn that institutional or colonial Mm. influence because we've all had that we've all got it like it's just about finding a way to path through that learning, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, like, kind of piggybacking off of what you said about how, like, you know, most, and I would argue all, like, Māori people are mixed with at least a little bit of mm. non-Māori or, like, white. Because we don't we don't have anyone who is full-blooded Māori anymore mm. in this country mm. just because so few of us and you because can't so control many of us who you love yeah <laughs> <laughs> but also it's so funny because even if that is a european person even like i mean i feel like there's this assumption you know when you tick the boxes on what's your ethnicity um p- pick one and then it's like is it european Maori or like other or whatever, and I'm extremely mixed. I'm like Indo-European. I literally did I'm a Maori, I'm Japanese. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm Ukrainian. I'm super yeah. mixed. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm always like, can you let me pick like four options, please? Mm-hmm. Because this is not representative of who I am. But then also just the idea that like again, because being Maori is like other, mm-hmm. um, that you know, there's no middle 
part of the Venn diagram of oh, Māori and white. Can I do a call out for two seconds? Yes. Yeah. Because I did a survey yesterday and it was on the Police New Zealand website <laughs> and I was only allowed to choose one. Sorry, yeah. just had to. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is all the time we have for on air. We are going to continue this conversation um, on a podcast in long form. Uh, so you can listen to that uh, on our website also on our Podbean and Spotify, just under Speak Out Radio. So you've been listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. And we'll just carry on going. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. And we're just, like, carrying on. Sure. Um, yeah. Let's just do that thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start, um, yeah. And we had, like, a tiny, like, 10-second break, and we already started talking about something new. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so basically I was asking Brett, because um, the difference between Toiwi and Pākehā, I've only very, very recently seen people um, stating that they have a preference for Toiwi. And so I um, yeah, was asking Brett about what they thought about that, because I have no idea. Yeah, so I think uh, my understanding I guess um, of iwi is basically that it's anyone who's just not Māori mm. um, and I know a lot of people see the word Pākehā as a really offensive thing but mm. uh, if you contextually and culturally look back that's not at all how it's intended mm. um, and Pākehā normally uh, refers to European um, so like the settlers that came over and colonised us. Uh, and <laughs> and, and I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> throw that in there. Um, but so we can be anybody. Right. So um, that could be, you know, you can have your Asians or Indians or you, you're like anyone mm. who isn't Māori mm. is we. So for mm. me, I prefer we because... It's more inclusive, you know, yeah. like that is where we are going away from that kind of bicultural society mm. and moving into that more multicultural space because we're able to say like we're not all just European or Māori. Yeah. And so that way I think mm. – and it, it kind of takes away from that fear that people have of saying, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm Pākehā because I'm white. And, you know, like actually you can just say you're tōiwi – which means that you're just not Māori mm. and that's still mm. just as fine as saying that you're Pākehā, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I just prefer that terminology and I think um, if people were more, more aware of that term, then I think that would potentially help to kind of break down that barrier of mm. not wanting to make mistakes or not wanting to yeah. overpower Māori spaces or mm. anything like that, you know? Yeah, and I think that that's also useful because, um, you know, there is a lot of conversation around the specific ways in which Māori are oppressed, you know, mm. by Pākehā, by white people, but then also, like, there's still a lot of, like, cultural fear between other groups of people in Māori as well, and that isn't acknowledged a lot of the time specifically because it's not the biggest thing that's like impacting mm. people mm. the most yeah um and i think i think that's like another like repercussion of mm. like colonialism is the fact that like not a, it's not like you know everybody else in the world against like european yeah. people it's mm. like a lot of the time it does become like there's a lot of like anti-black sentiment within like um like asian countries mm. or in Latin countries and that sort of thing it's like yeah there's a lot more to it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and 
like I went to a um, Ehu Matau, um protect the other day um, mm. and there was an Indian man stood up and an Asian woman stood up and they stood up together and said, kia ora, we're tauiwi um, oh. and they did their mihi in te reo Māori um, acknowledging the different spaces that they came from, the different cultures they were and everything like that and um, they were able to, within that Māori space or Māori mm. predominant space were able to acknowledge their toiwiness, mm. you know, to be able to actually say this is our way of giving our tautoko, you know, we're able to support this because we can acknowledge we're toiwi, mm. but we can also see that international level um, of institutionalized stuff for colonial mm. stuff or whatever it was and they were able to use their immigrant mm -hmm. experience to support that and it was really powerful the fact that they were able to stand up and speak te reo Māori you know um, mm. to such a massive group yeah. and you know they weren't they didn't have that hesitation and fear and that kind of thing they just got up there and gave it a go and they were amazing it was yeah. incredible i guess like we've pretty much run out of time because yeah. sadly we don't i i <laughs> kept the, the bus system is really bad so i arrived <laughs> really late and i'm really sorry um we but, can talk about top tips now yeah yeah top tips so mm. yeah top tips for maybe like for maori people that maybe like want to start like using taktapui mm. as a label for themselves and like how to be a good ally mm. just in general oh my god i need yeah. to start Okay. <laughs> there is no such thing as not Māori enough. I want that on a shirt too. Yeah. Can we? Can yeah. we please? Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as not Māori enough. And yeah, use it if you feel that that is your identity. But also just because you're Māori, it doesn't mean you have to identify as tukatāpui. Yeah. Um, and as far as te reo Māori... Um, or just Māori culture in general, give it a go. Mm. Respect it, mm. like respect, especially if you are a tauiwi, um, then respect the fact that you are coming in as a learning person from a way of respect and good intent rather than coming in to overpower any Indigenous spaces, you know? Yeah, and then also like going along with that, not making assumptions. Mm. I've had a lot of conversations with people where they kind of look at figures in Māori myth, particularly Hine Nui Te Pō. I've had so many conversations about it, it drives <laughs> me crazy, where they look at these complex figures in Māori, like, culture and mythology, and then make broad sweeping generalisations about mm. them, like, oh, she's a villain, um, mm. when that's from a very Western, like, death equals bad evil, mm -hmm. like, this horrible woman killed the poor man. Um, Is Fiddle the atua of, like, the disease and stuff? Is it fiddle? I'm not sure. I think it is. But the whole thing, like that whole whole story is around the fact that he put a curse on his brothers mm. because they didn't listen to him. And so he's so often seen as like this negative person because how? why would you curse your brothers? Mm. But he was actually doing it from a place of protection. He was trying to say, mm. don't go do that. It could be dangerous. Yeah. Like, I want to protect you. Yeah. And he did that as a punishment. It's like what a parent would do to a child is you give them a punishment so that they can learn. Yeah. And he's, so, he's seen as like one of the most negative 
um, atua or ancestors. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to. Wrap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> do have to wrap up, which like it really sucks because I feel like we just got into this <laughs> up, and I'm like, yeah. I've I've learned a lot, and I feel like it's it's kind of therapeutic in a way yeah. as well to yeah. be able um, to like talk about this sort of stuff the last like sentence which is you know again like what we mentioned about all of the you know correcting people on their gender stuff um don't be afraid to mess up but if you do acknowledge you did something wrong apologize and try to be better research mm. is yes. the best thing that you can do yeah yeah i feel like that just goes for like all things in yeah. life Absolutely. yeah well, thank you so much for listening. And I really want to do, like, another show like this. Because I feel like, yeah, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> we should just, like, rattle off some Kuzako yeah. about Atua for, like, three hours. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. This has been Speak Out Radio.